welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, to another rendition of The Bitch Report. Yeah, Fanny. <laughs> and uh, we are recording a little bit late and a little bit lifted, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Isn't that the only way to record, dear? I mean... I mean, there are multiple different ways to record, just as there are multiple different ways of existing. Valid. Valid. <laughs> So anyway, uh, let us begin with our little bit of a catch-up kiki, if you will. Are you going to introduce How? yourself? Oh, right. Because there might be some of the some some of the kids out there might not know me. Hello, like, who is this bitch? Hi, I'm Kay, the spicy Aries with the buttery voice. Yes, darling. And I am Brandon Paramore, the sultry cancer that is here to give you both daddy and mama vibes. And if you paying enough, a whip too. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with a shameless plug of being a BDSM life coach. Period. I mean, yeah, because here at the Bitch Report, we are indeed sex positive. Amen. So anyway, how you was all? <laughs> Child, baby, <laughs> where do we begin, darling? Um, this week, Child has been a roller coaster. And since we last talk, I restarted therapy and I have a black therapist, honey, a black female therapist. Okay. And when I tell mm-hmm. you she come on that video chat every week with her hair wrapped up and hands me my ass. <laughs> we only two weeks only in. Proper. Chat, we only two weeks in. She didn't hand me my ass multiple times. I'm like, oh, ooh, I didn't sign up for this type of torture, but I did at the same time. Mm-hmm. hey look it's gonna hurt before it heals oh yeah and one of the things she uh, she said to me and I'm gonna share this with all the viewers just because I think a lot of us could really take it in and she was like you know your healing isn't like checking a box and other people have told me this before and I, you, sometimes you just forget when you're on that journey because you're like I just want to solve it I just want to stop hurting and what I think a lot of us need to step back and remember is it's not checking a box we are on a to-do list so this healing is going to be a zigzag pattern. It's going to have some loops and some dips. Think about your healing as a roller coaster. If you don't like roller coaster, think about your favorite ride or the best sex you've had. There is the introduction of where it starts off slow. And you're like, what the fuck is this? What's going on? Then she's going to get a little faster. She's going to hit her heel. You know what I'm saying? And then she's going to conclude. So you're going to get through it. But it's going to be one hell of a ride, baby. So don't think it's just a to-do list, Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but you know how how you Zoe? Ah, I I'm I'm tired. I'm not gonna go too far into details on something that gets uploaded to Beyonce's internet, but um, a change is gonna come, and I'll leave it at that. Cause yeah, I but you can't do me like that, cause. Now, here's what you did. Let me tell you how my high brain worked. You left that statement on the table like that, and two things happened. One, I was like, how's she going to do me like that? How dare she? And then two, Kelly Price started playing in my head. <laughs> Kelly Price? Wondering when a change is going to come, knowing that I'm not now, the only one. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. Well, why, why not Sam Cook? You know, I don't know. Like, Sam Cook is a good one, too. <laughs> but I didn't grow up with Sam Cook. I grew up with Miss Kelly Price, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Something that you must... Anyway. Nobody was born by a river in a little tent. <laughs> His music just wasn't on the um, the playlist of the radio station that I grew up listening to. Uh, he yeah. was more of the oldies, you know. My grandmother now, now, <clears throat> if we really gonna go back, baby, my grandmother used to have, you know, her component set <laughs> in the living room, <laughs> and mm-hmm. would play, you know, Aretha was her was her her main honey. I can't tell you how many times I heard "Like a Bridge Over Troubled Wall." That's probably why I'm a mother because of that damn song. <laughs> <laughs> Trash. All right. 
But yeah, I I'm not gonna get too too far into it, but um, I am looking to make some changes and make some uh, money moves. I'm here for it. Speaking of money moves, can you finally tell us about um, that tidbit that you mentioned last episode that you couldn't tell us about? Uh, let me think. Ooh, I might have to go back and listen to the last episode to make sure uh, which tidbit we're talking about. Was it about me? What just happened this last weekend? Oh, yes. For those who weren't didn't notice or didn't see or maybe didn't recognize me because I was wearing a mask, uh, like, you know, somebody who listens to science. Um, I was actually working a booth at C2E2, which is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Um, but yeah, this past weekend I was working, uh, the booth for Vault Comics, an indie publisher that makes, excuse me, (coughs) I think I might have to cut that out. Girl, leave it in. (laughs) but um yeah it's a they're an indie comic publisher um they're one of their bigger things is a series called uh barbaric where think classical like 80s definition of barbarian muscle bound ale swilling maiden dominating Mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh you know killing machine um a bear, basically. Except, yeah. And then, except he ends up um, falling under a curse that forces him to be a good guy. As in, anytime someone goes, help me, I need your help. He has to go help. And for somebody um, who isn't a program that way, clearly it's a struggle, honey. Mm-hmm. Or, also, I'm sorry, and also... He his axe has been made sentient. Um and so it's like one end of the axe is just a normal axe, the other end is a very kind of looks like a stylized skull. Ooh. Um said axe gets drunk on blood from Owen the Barbarian's kills. It's it is very much like 80s machismo. I still love it. (laughs) And that's not me like using my, I worked at the booth, so I am contractually obligated to like this. (laughs) uh, (laughs) She's like, I genuinely like it, bitch. (laughs) No, it was actually really good. And the cool thing is, is that the artist of the comic was actually there for most of the days uh, working on um, sketch cover uh, commissions. Oh, that's amazing. So like, yeah, that it was pretty cool. I ended up uh, spending a good chunk of the money I made back at the booth because I wanted a lot of those comics. Of course you did. Of course you did. Um, one of them, which I'm so sad we sold out of, was called, I think, like, On Savage Lands, where it it is a comic set in co- British colonial India. Except... Ooh. Except the East India Company is all run by and populated by not just Brits, but vampires in the form of British people. Oh, God. And so there's elements of like, um, I think there's like elements of like Hindi, uh, Hindi deities popping up and action and blood and romance. And I simply live. But we ended up selling out of all of them, so I'll next time I get paid, I'll probably order one of them. I'm here for it. Sounds like it was a good weekend. Sounds like you got yeah, your a... your bag secured. Yeah, there was the only bad part was um, for the cats and kittens at home listening. Please listen and listen to me carefully. If you or a loved one have used the application Spot Hero. Please be sure to notice that they have a tendency to measure distance from parking spot to venue in aerial miles, not walking miles. In other words, when I booked my parking spot for Friday, the parking spot was listed as just over a mile from the venue. 
in aerial miles, as in drawing a straight line from parking spot to venue. I walked about 2.6 miles one way to get to the venue. And then had to walk 2.6 miles to get back to my car. Your poor fetuses. Which are still hurting, by the way. Oh, Lord. Like, I'm getting too old for that, so. uh, (laughs) But not me, like, looking just to see how far out I can reserve a spot with that app and finding some within an actual, like, walking half mile of the venue for 40 bucks for the whole weekend. Which is pretty damn good. Saved your feet. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Because, like, the other two days I tried to do public transport, um... Saturday was fine going in because I live not too far from some train tracks. So if y'all hear some chugga chugga in the background, you know why. <laughs> chugga chugga choo choo. Um, but I uh, I live right by some train tracks, so I can just take those right into Chicago proper. And so that's what I did. But on the way back, the train that was supposed to take me from uh, the transportation center back to my apartment got canceled. So I had to spend an exorbitant amount of money on a lift to get back home Ooh. Because, because I wasn't going to sit and wait the two plus hours for the next train that may or may not actually run. Oh, no, ma'am. Yeah. Sunday was fine. Sunday was fine. Sunday went fine. I made it back. There was some uh, uncomfortable jogging that I had to do to make sure to catch a train. I say I. I mean, I should be saying we because I did that with a, a very old friend of mine. <clears throat> who I accidentally ran into on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good time and it was good seeing him too. And we're trying to, uh, like the friendship never died. We just kind of like separated for a little bit. Yeah. And there's like no animosity or anything. It's just like life happens and being an adult happens and, shit like that and then we run into each other and it's like yo right yeah and yeah it comes and goes but i feel like that's kind of how it is just as an adult during two fucking pandemics when i don't leave my house facts hardcore facts so into a dwelling i spent plenty of time talking and i'm thinking we might be due for unless you had anything else you wanted to say. Oh no, dear! I'm I'm caught up with the kids. All right. Well, then, in that case, uh, all you dolls at home, go ahead and refresh your beverages, and we will be back. Yeah. And welcome back, kitties. Yes, welcome back to the party, darling. (laughs) So, we are returning and jumping back into the bitch report. Yes. And this week's report is on a couple things, actually. Um, For anybody who's been living under a rock, um, a few weeks ago, uh, the trailer for Wakanda Forever uh, dropped... And ooh, there were a lot of feelings, TM. It really was. Like, <clears throat> I didn't just have those fifis. I, I didn't just because I was very excited by the story that's going to tell. But a ton of people in the black and brown communities were really touched and moved by this trailer and there's there's a f- one particular line and i know you know it and i hope you recite it is the oh, one that got the girls you mean you're talking about you mean uh queen angela getting ready to come for each and every one of our tear ducks mm-hmm. who i just like the way that it was shot the music that was chosen the mural the the funeral that to the uninitiated looked like a festival. It's 
it's an interesting it's interesting just scene. Think, you know. know. Hmm. I said, just let that one sink in. Yeah. It was a lot. And not going to lie, there was a lot of the same kind of uh, knife twist uh, akin to when Chadwick himself passed. It was just, you know, a reminder there. And, I mean, I am kind of curious to see who is going to be uh, donning the suit and eating the the heart-shaped earth. The flower. <laughs> I'm sorry. The first thing, as soon as I thought of heart-shaped herb, the next thing I immediately thought of was losing the power of the heart-shaped herb. Or, shall I say, the power of the Black Panther <laughs> shall be stripped away <laughs> oh my god like love Forrest Whitaker down but that was like things were done <laughs> decisions were made that, no shade because if I say anything else, it's going to sound so shady. And I don't mean any shade. It's just, it's, it is it is very fun to repeat his lines as his character. I agree. And I might actually try to cosplay him at some point soon. Yes, please. I might do it for the next C2E2 even. To, to be announced. <laughs> yes, to be determined. <laughs> Trash. But that does kind of bring us to our lovely topic of grief and not just grief in general, but like how grief is framed in the POC community. Well, I I feel like it kind of depends from community to community. Like I myself can only speak on my black ass experiences with grief. Which is saying and and the weird thing is is that honestly my experiences with grief are kind of few and far between. Really? You know, if I'm being if I'm being fully transparent, I've always felt kind of disconnected from my family. So attending um funerals for family members it like there was pain there but it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't ever really like intense you know like the closest I got was probably my uh, great grandma passing which it's still not an intense pain <clears throat> but like I rarely have sweet potato pie these days because she made the best and she would always make it um you know pretty much whenever me or whenever I asked for it and like there were times, like I'm talking like no air conditioner in her Chicago two flat, making two entire pies for me. That's what I'm talking about. And like they were good. <laughs> yeah, if she and decided why, to bake them bad boys just, with no AC on, you know them pies uh-huh. was coming out bussy. Uh huh. Oh, absolutely. Every each and every time. But like that's the closest I get to well, the closest I get like historically, uh, to having experiences with grief. Um, more recently, I did have a friend pass away, and that was that was honestly a lot more intense. But I feel like the intensity to that was due in part to that friend being instrumental in me learning things about myself. Mm-hmm. And so it it feels like I'm losing something form I lost something formative. I lost someone formative to me. Yeah, you lost like a pillar that was part of your structure. And so it's every now and again and like I've seen grief be described as like a ball bouncing around in a box. And, like, at first, the ball is massive and almost always pressing the make it hurt button. And then, as time goes on, the ball gets smaller and it still bounces around. And every now and again, something reminds you 
something twist the knife a little bit. Like today, a um, <clears throat> a specific song that I genuinely enjoy uh, referenced said friend's name unintentionally because said friend's name is also a relatively common vowel. Yes. Um. But you know their name came up, and it was in the context of the song that made it. It, it was definitely a little knife twist. I can understand that because grief. A lot of people kind of describe it, like as you said, as that ball. And that ball is love with no place to go because we're so used to expressing love outwardly. And to not have that outward expression or not be able to tell that person how you feel or call or check on them or hear their voice anymore. It's love and care without a place to go. So it's, you know, as you said, it's so beautifully. It's in this, you know, kind of like box and it's just bouncing around because it's like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. And I'm a lot more okay now than I was when I had found out that they passed. Um, <laughs> I actually found the pendant that they gave me um, forever and a half ago. And I have it hanging on my mirror now. It's kind of like a memorial. Yeah. You know, something to kind of see on my way in and out. I'm saying it's one of those things like whenever you decide to dive in, you put on your altar. That way they know to come yeah. and like help you out when needed, that they're welcome to show up and give advice and all that beautiful stuff. For the girls that don't know, we are witchy. So you want some pointers, tips, or episode about that, let us know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm doing, like I said, I am doing a whole lot better than I was at the time. Um, <clears throat> granted, in a way, the loss of my friend ended up helping me uh, remove other things that were proving to be quite toxic. But that's that's a subject for another day. <laughs> it's another healing lesson down the road. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And I guess I would have to say same as far as like having those big moments of grief. Um, probably my biggest was my grandmother. Like she was a champ of the champ. You hear me? Like the attitude that I have is mostly Miss Mary. And when she was gone, I felt like my main support system was gone. But at the same time, I also know she needed to go for me to blossom and become who I needed to be. Because I would have hid my sexuality if she was still here. Like, no one would. I wouldn't be out. I probably wouldn't even be comfortable enough to be my true non-binary self if she was still alive. But while I miss her, while that grief was hard, while that moment was hard of feeling alone, the enlightened me is like, Chad, she had to go. Other than that, these these wings wouldn't have spread, okay? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But hey, those wings spread when they were fully formed. Hey, Amen. They came right on out that cocoon and was like, baby, we healed. Mm-hmm. But it was a long road. Hell, like, can we, what, let's really talk about something that I really don't think people talk about. Grief of your former self. That's like a category of grief I don't think we talk about enough. Like when you grow and you change and heal and you're on this journey and this path, your former self kind of ceased, right? You're still you, but the way you act and move and the way you respond because you have peeled back some of those layers of trauma, you also kind of need to really take a moment to grieve that loss because let's both grieve the loss and rejoice and celebrate the wins. Like, don't forget the wins because that is a win. But also relish in that little bit of moment of, man, like that person is no longer in existence and mm-hmm. grieve over that fact and what happened mm-hmm. don't get stuck there but at least give it its time on stage to process it yeah yeah and that's an interest. that's actually an interesting concept of just like allowing yourself to grieve for the person you used to be because as you were think as you were talking about that, I was just kind of thinking of like college me and high school me and middle school me and grade school me. Well, let's be real. Some we just connected each... the dots to, 
the you that existed prior to the friend in question came into your life. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were absolutely instrumental and I'm not sure what kind of person I would be now had I not met them. Yeah. Cuz it's like that was you know, it was that was a change, that was an adjustment. So once that change happened, that former self kind of stopped, right? And if I dare say this, I may be stretching, so tell me if I am because it's your head, not mine. But I wonder, is that grief twofold for you because it's the friend loss, but then also that recognition or recognizing that loss of self because they were so pivotal in that changing point? I can see that. Yeah, I can see how that, how, I can see how one could come to that conclusion. Right, that's why I was like, I don't know, because I'm not in your head, darling, but I could see those two taking yeah, place at the I, same time. Yeah, I mean, I'd never really, you know, thought about it like that. Like, my focus had just been of losing them as the person, but not really connecting it to them being as instrumental in me now as they were. Yeah. Um, but I guess how about like in your circles, how do, you know, the other people, you know, if they're dealing with grief, how do you, have you, how have you seen them move? So it just depends. Like because around me, kind of the circle that I've formed and built, you know, you're even part of it is I'm very, kind of motherly i create this environment where everyone can feel safe and if they have an emotional moment of like facing grief or thinking about something they can let that emotion live here and know they won't be judged so a lot of people around me tend to kind of let the grief go or at least deal with it and process it by crying and letting themselves have those moments and feeling them versus like what a lot of people do which is like push it to the background so all of us are in therapy as well, so we all tend to move in this way of giving it the stage. Now, prior to, like, if this would have been prior to 2020, it was across the board as far as my circle. Some would deal with it and process and have those moments and feel okay. Some would push it to the back and then, like, extremely apologize. Like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. And so... To see that even change in evolution within my circle and in my world over the last two years is something that's really adjacent to phenomenal. Like it's, it's amazing. Hmm. Like I'm not trying to push therapy here. Like I don't want people to take that away from this message. What I am trying to push is working on self and mental health. Because grief is very mental and physical. Yeah. I would say not necessarily pushing therapy, but therapy can be a a vital part of someone's grieving process, like having a professional to take your hand and help you walk through it. Especially if you're, if you, like me, are new to trying to actually you know, receive and feel and process your emotions and go through them instead of trying to repress them. Yeah. Cause unfortunately this could be a whole topic in itself is the suppression of emotions in general inside POC communities. And grief is just one more of those emotions that we are raised and taught to suppress. I mean, let's be honest. The only emotion that we as black masculine individuals are allowed to feel freely as anger. Ain't that it? You know, no grief, no sadness, no joy, which honestly seeing like random Twitter threads of like people like popular Twitter people going, let's just get a thread of black men smiling or black men feeling joy. And I'm just scrolling through with the biggest smirk. Cause like, you know, that gives me an idea just... and we might need to launch oh. it on our Twitter. And cause we know how people of color, especially men, masculine men of color don't understand 
male intimacy. And when I say intimacy, I don't mean sexual. I mean just being hugged or held or reassured by someone of the same sex. Can we mm-hmm. talk about it? Like, oh, I mean, we can. <laughs> Do we want to talk about it? Probably not. No, she, she, she need to be another episode. Cause, ooh, girl, I'll get on that soapbox, honey, and I won't get off. But, uh huh. I mean, I'll be right <laughs> there with you. But being able to maybe start a thread that shows that bit of intimacy that doesn't have anything to do sexually. Mm-hmm. Because the two are indeed mutually exclusive. Amen. You can't have one without needing the other. Preach. But no, no, because we're going to, if I keep going, yeah, we're going to. Let's, let's change back on over here. But um, it's because we are taught to suppress emotions and not talk about it we in essence tend to lock ourselves in grief like perfect example when i was in college there was uh this very eccentric black teacher of mine she was an english teacher and she was like white people and black people handle death differently she was like let you she's like for example college students she was like let a white family get a call or a white student be like oh hey grandma died we coming to pick you up on Monday, the funeral is Tuesday. You will be back at school on Wednesday. Black family, same scenario. Hey, you need to come home. Nana on her last leg, you know, a couple of weeks before. Now you back home. The semester's still going on. You back home. Nana passes on. You deal with the funeral. You process all this stuff. You have now at this point potentially missed a week to two weeks of your educational period. Because we let grief consume us even though we're told not to and we're not allowed to express it now the question is though is it letting it consume us or is it trying to give us time to adequately process the grief in order to you know get from a to b without wearing ourselves out because the three-day turnaround scenario you talked about sounds so stressful like, how are you going to have me uh, say goodbye to grandma on Monday and get back to uh, uh, geography on Tuesday? Oh, because here's the gag. They didn't even call to tell you that granny was on her decline. She called you. They got called once granny was gone. The black family called you as granny was on the decline. That grief starts early. Because now you know the end is coming. So now your grief is already going on. Whereas the white family, you didn't get the opportunity to grieve or have that grief start so early. You got the call saying, hey, grandma done passed away. That's when your grief kicks off versus, hey, she on the decline. And hang on, before we get too much further into this, before anybody listening, we do mean most, not all. Please don't get your undergarments into a, into a variety of knots. And, and be glad that one said that because I'm a different one. If you want to say something, baby, put it in the comments. We can go. We can swap. Period. Also that. <laughs> bring your facts or find your silence. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. We have a window. But that was just a very you know generalized scenario, right? But from my experience, like that is how it kind of goes down in PLC families. It's this the grief starts early because everybody starts making the phone calls days before someone passes away because they want everybody to travel there and be able to say goodbye. Then the, mm-hmm. you know, preferably while the person is still around. Exactly. And then the passing happens and now you have the additional period of the grief as well. Now that the, the end has actually come prior, it was you worrying and pa- kind of putting a down payment on a bill that wasn't there yet. And now the person's passed. Now, now you in the thick of it. But your mm-hmm. grief journey started when you got that first call saying you need to get here and be able to say goodbye. It could be a couple of days to a week before that person actually passes because they try to do those calls in advance to compensate for you know travel time. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna be completely honest here. Like I said. I haven't gone to enough funerals uh, to be able to co-sign or refute uh, your statement <laughs> on that. I respect that. You know, I've, I've had cases both where 
where somebody has passed suddenly and cases where we knew it was coming within a couple days. I mean, that was a case with a friend of mine. Oh, goodness. It's, 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 it's been a while. It's been six or seven years since they passed on. Um, and I'm not going to get too far into the details because y'all don't need to know the very specific specifics of it. But, you know, they were early 30s. And it was a lot. And, you know, some of us are still kind of processing it, even though it's been years, because there is no concrete timeline on grief. And there is, and I mean, yeah, you've got these stages of grief, but they are far from linear. Agreed. You know, sometimes you're able to, sometimes you're able to accept what happened. Sometimes you're despondent and depressed. Sometimes you want to fight everything that's breathing. Sometimes you're just numb. Agreed. Now, I do have a, a question, and if there's something you can't answer, again, just be like, nah, bitch, fuck you. <laughs> but what have you noticed a difference between how you dealt with grief from that friend to this current one? I know there are two different people, different, you know, stories and different involvement in your life, but have you noticed, like, there's a difference between handling grief then versus now i feel like i'm better able or better equipped now to handle it which is why i'm like it still sucks but i'm i feel like i got to okay quicker with the more recent one than the less recent one okay um because at that point in time i don't think I, i i'm pretty sure i was neither medicated nor in therapy and I am intermittently both now. <laughs> so I, I have a better perspective. I have more tools to handle it. And, you know, it's it's an ongoing process and it's going to be an ongoing process just because that's how that's how things like this work. Absolutely agree. How are you feeling, but darling? Anyways, well, <laughs> Look, same note. Come on, synchronicity. We like. Wait a minute. How are you feeling after this? <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna ditch the ditch the the tears and the sad. Though the sad and the tears are okay because it's part of healing. Actually, I want to le- le- leave uh, leave this uh, kind of conversation with. Um, a line from a musical that I genuinely enjoy. Have you ever... I've, I might have mentioned it to you before. It's called Next to Normal. You have. I have not seen Tichu, but you have mentioned it. Yeah. Next to Normal, adjacent to regular. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I am kidding. It's just Next to Normal. Um, but there is a line in the finale... <clears throat> that was really poignant to me when my first friend passed um where what was it the line was something along the lines or something akin to the price of love is lost but still we pay which is the god's honest truth and i feel that's a good play you stick yourself oh sorry Hmm? what was you gonna say i was just gonna say yeah you stick yourself out there to love somebody else but the thing the thing is is that that interaction is going to go one of three ways, and e any one of those three ways is an end to that relationship. It can be just the relationship ending one way or the other, and I mean relationship as in just like interacting with mm-hmm. each other, but that relationship can end uh, or or one or both people in said relationship can move on to whatever the next life might be. You know, that price of love is loss. It is. But still we pay. Indeed we do. But anyway. <laughs> but we'll leave it there, kids. We're going to get... Yeah. And y'all go ahead yeah, on... A little bit on the... Get some tea, baby. Get you a bowl packed. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in a moment for our final segment. Is it me? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So... You heard what to do. We'll be back.
Welcome back, children. Yes. Hope you enjoyed your lovely break and got a little elevated or got a little tea and crumpets or whatever it is you fucking did. Not you're tea away. and crumpets, uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Trash. Go big, baby. But anyway, we are back for our final section of Is It Me? Mm-hmm. Take it away, Dolly. All right, so we've got an interesting one here. So someone wants to know: Am I? Is it me? Am I the drama for wanting to go somewhere while my wife is almost due to give birth? Oh God! Please, please read more. Okay, so here I'll just read straight off the post. Um, now I fully understand how the title sounds, and I've seen posts like this from the wife's point of view, but. Please hear me out. My wife is really close to giving birth, and we are both super excited to welcome our baby girl into this world. However, the issue is the fact that my 92-year-old grandfather is sick and will most likely pass on in the next week or so. He has been one of the kindest, best, and coolest people I've known, and he had a huge hand in raising me, so I want to fly over there in a couple of days to say goodbye and attend his funeral. My wife, on the other hand, feels that this isn't as important as seeing the birth of my daughter should she go into labor while I'm gone. And while I know that the birth is extremely important, I and I really want to say goodbye, and this can't wait. So, is it me? <clears throat> Oof. It's a loaded is it me, too. Can I have an is it me with bacon, cheese, and sour cream? Uh-huh. Not, not loaded with bacon, cheese, and sour cream. Good night. <laughs> it's, it's a lot here because I can understand that this person was instrumental in raising you and played a big hand in raising you. But your child, the birth of your child at that, like, it kind of goes along like with what we were talking about, you know, in our previous segment of grief and all that. Mm-hmm. So... I almost think like there needs to be like a meet in the middle. Maybe not be able to go say goodbye and funeral. Mm-hmm. Maybe go say goodbye. So you have that moment. You have that closure. You told them how you felt. And then also still be able to be present and back before wife officially pops out the baby. So funny that you mentioned that because there is actually a postscript. Um. Ooh. She is due in about two weeks. So what I'm thinking of doing now, I being the writer, what I'm thinking of doing now is to take the car this evening. It's a five hour drive. Say goodbye tomorrow and come home in the afternoon and, you know, zoom into the funeral. Honestly, I I feel like this is probably going to be that's the the more mature option. I just I don't know. I've always felt weird in the era of Zoom funerals. Like, it feels... Uh... It's a little detached. Yeah. Yeah, detached. <laughs> I think detached is the right word. It doesn't... It doesn't It doesn't sit right. It, it, it doesn't hit the same. And, like, I've not been to many funerals. It's just... It feels almost like a funeral on a TV show. Like, there is a non-zero <laughs> chance... That the the well, it depends what TV show we're talking about because possible spoiler alert to anybody who ain't seen it. But if you haven't seen it, baby, get from underneath that rock. But Miss Candy's funeral on Pose, baby. Oh, Mm -hmm. that one was emotional. Now, a general hospital funeral. Now, wait, 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 wait. Before we get too far off subject, let me just put let me just put that table <laughs> down. I have not been able to get into pose because the early episode was a little too real for me. Ah, yeah. Like, um, one of the characters was getting put out of their father's house. And mm. I'm like, that is loud and uncomfortable, and I I'm not sure if I can watch this. Okay. That I can understand. So. But it, back to the matter at hand <laughs> is <laughs> doing my Carol Channing voice. Back to the matter at hand. Not Carol uh, Channing. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the matter at hand. And, um, 
it seems like it's it's a very much so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna just be the girl to say it. It sounds like a lot of trying to have your cake and eat it too in this situation. I really feel like it needs to be one or the other. If it's a five hour drive away, then you might be able to do both. But if your I guess I guess this is my question to the to the writer. If your wife were to go into labor at 8 a.m. and grandpa was to die at 8.30 a.m., where you going to be at? It depends on when he gets to the gets to the town five hours away, I guess. I guess that's my thing. Would you leave your wife having birth to go be at the funeral uh, or that this person is dying? You know what I'm saying? No, but the thing, if, is, the thing is, though, is that they said that they're specifically going to just say goodbye as just to say goodbye and be back within 24 hours. Oh, then yeah, then I I feel that's fine. Yeah, I, honestly, I feel like this is probably one of the more mature uh, decisions made. Like somebody's got some emotional maturity. Somebody learned how to c- converse and communicate and compromise. I guess my question is, how does the wife feel about the adjusted plan? We don't know. Obviously, he probably didn't put that in there, but I would be curious <clears throat> Well, about that. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you ask, you shall receive. Exactly. Okay. I, I love Barry in the lead. Um, so here's the post postscript. If I can, if my scroll wheel would like to cooperate with me, thank you. Let's see. So not on today, Mary. Not on today. Took today off. Started driving to Granddaddy's town. Da 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 da. Uh, wife is at home with sister in law and mother in law. Uh, brother-in-law and her best friend live five minutes away. So she, so, so wife has a very solid and set support system. Okay. And she was apparently really happy about the compromise because she knew how close she, close, uh, the, the writer was to his grandpa. Look at God. Okay. So get there, say last goodbyes and try to get back home by midnight. I think that's a very well executed plan. Oh, and then there's a final postscript. Um, and he, his grandpa actually chose a name for the baby girl. Oh, what you're not about to do is make me cry on this microphone. Hmm. I said, what you're not about to do is make me cry on this microphone. <laughs> Bitch. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. Yeah, this is, this this is how you communicate and compromise, kitties. Yes, this is a bravo job well done. And I hate that we're actually having to commend this because this honestly feels like something that should just be run of the mill. Like, of course, you're going to discuss something because that's a that's a precarious situation. You're dealing with literally this is a literal life and death situation. <laughs> But you're going to have that expected from most people who live the same year over for 75 years and call it life. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said this. Hmm. It just is what it is. A lot of people will be at a certain age operating on old software. So if you don't have the emotional intelligence and the capability to have these types of conversations as an adult, I don't even want to say an adult. If you don't have the ability to have these conversations as a human being, as a species, as an emotional being that occasionally thinks, let me repeat that for those in the back. As an emotional being that occasionally thinks, if you cannot have these types of conversations, hmm. says a lot about whom you are. You character. Yeah, I love that comment. And on new where you stand. I was going to say, I love that comment on new hardware with uh, old software. Because it is what it is. Our bodies may be 30, 40, 50. I mean, perfect example is us. As we've mentioned before, we are in therapy. Mm -hmm. We are 30s, but prior to therapy, depending on where our last trauma was and what happened, we could be responding as our 15-year-old selves at 30. Now think about if we wouldn't have got therapy this time and would have waited until we were 50. We were 50 years of age, body-wise. But mentally, we were fifteen. Yeah, I know. I I know uh, several people who are very much in that mindset. But I'm not going to be 
overly shady. I'm not going to be that girl tonight. I'm not going to be overly shady. Just, yeah. It sucks when you see it and you can recognize it. The more of the story, kids, deal with your shit and go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And if you choose not therapy, at least work on mental health with a professional, a life coach who is not a therapist, but will help you through or have a really close friend that will get you high and at least let you vent until you decide therapy is your answer or something like, don't let, you know, don't let stuff just stew. Right. Now, unless it's a stew. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I had to to put it in there. I couldn't resist. Uh Uh-huh. Trash. Anyway, we need to, uh, make like a baby and head out this mother. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Brandon Dwalling do you have any parting thoughts it's a great dick communicate your emotions clearly and work on yourself I think that's a great note to go out on and as for me oh uh, before we go if y'all have any questions if y'all want to know if you are the drama uh, feel free to send that in to uh, the bitch report at gmail.com. That's bitch spelled B X T C H. We don't want Mark Zuckerberger coming after us for having something in our podcast title. No, man, Pam. Oh, and before the beehive come after me, I should have probably put this in the beginning. I misquoted a lyric, honey. There was a line that Miss Yonce said where she said, I'm such a heathen. Why they let me outside? That is actually. In her very first song, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. It's not in Church Girl. So I ain't got time for y'all coming up on here like, that's the wrong song. So let me just go ahead and stand in my truth now on my own. Uh-huh. I'm not going to I'm not gonna go jump all the way back into that. All I'm going to say is Cozy is very suddenly growing on me, specifically the chorus. Comfortable in my skin. Cozy with who I am. <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, darlings, for listening. Myself. We will see God you again. <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway. Any parting words, darling? Yes. Uh, all my, part- my parting words are going to be the same as always, y'all. Drink water, take your meds, and do better. Yes, kids. And we will see you on the next episode of the, of the, of the Bitch Report. Mm-hmm. Later, y'all. Bye. Thank you.